What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. And believe it or not, we are back with the final off-season video of the year. Starting tomorrow, we're gonna transition into week one content, which I am very excited about. I feel like everyone's been watching these videos is at this point prepared for their drafts. And if not, I've got one more video for all of you today. But yeah, tomorrow starts week one content and it's a very special video. I did a show with JM over at the one week season where we talked a lot about different running back start sit decisions you're going to face in week one and our confidence levels in those backfields. I cannot tell you uh, enough like how valuable of a resource he is and we might be able to do another video for this coming Wednesday which would be really awesome if we can make that work but yeah week one content starts tomorrow uh, you're really not going to want to miss that video so make sure you're subscribed and let's hop into the final off-season video of the 2022 NFL football season in this one we're going to go over Five running backs you probably shouldn't have drafted this season, or if you're drafting today, drafting tomorrow, drafting this week, I have two more drafts on Tuesday and Wednesday. These are running backs we should be avoiding in those drafts. This is a Sunday video, so it is sponsored by Underdog as per usual. My plan was to go over a bunch of week one props of the players I'm talking about, but we're still a little bit far out from week one when I'm recording this. So instead, I'm going to give you guys a prop you can bet for the Thursday night game. Everyone's going to want action on the Thursday night game. So this is the one that I'm going to bet, uh, and I think you guys should do the same. I'll lay that out at the end of the video. So who should we be fading for the running back position? Actually, not going to include any of the top 20 running backs. And that's kind of by design, but also just looking at the rankings. As ADPs have shifted throughout the summer, we've basically kind of gotten to a point where things are pretty much correct inside the top 20 running backs. The worst ranking I have is Derrick Henry. Uh, I have him three running back spots behind ADP, but even that's not terrible. And it really goes to show you, it's like, I want to start off running back, running back, or at the very least, two running backs in the first three rounds. And so if that's the case, we can't be overly picky. And realistically, any top 20 running back has positives is probably a really good pick. So instead of saying, oh, this one's a bad pick, that one's a bad pick, just try and get the two best values you can in the first two rounds at running back or at least two of the first three rounds at the position. Then I'm looking after that. And the first thing that jumps out to me is really the entire Ravens running back core. Uh, I would just really not draft any of them, but it mostly applies to J.K. Dobbins since the other ones are like super late picks Anyways, I mean, you can only be so bad of a pick picking someone like round 17, right? At that point, do whatever you feel like doing. Uh, but Dobbins, you know, comes off the board as a running back 21. I have him as running back 31, so not even close to his ADP. One thing I'll say is that I don't buy this whole like limping video narrative. So there's a narrative going around that he was doing uh, one of the drills uh, probably two days ago, maybe three days ago when you guys are watching this, and he had a limp afterwards. Now, I'm not even fully convinced that he was limping. I said a noticeable limp, and I don't think people even watch the videos. I'm not even fully convinced he was limping. But I this like is of no concern to me. Like That is not why I moved him down the rankings. I didn't touch the rankings at all at the video. So a little bit annoying because some people are not going to draft him now because of that. They're like, oh, nope, he's still like injured. And it's like, well, we knew he wasn't 100%, right? That's not anything new, and this video shouldn't change anything, and it does. So a little bit annoying there. But my issue with him is he's coming off this torn ACL. We have no idea how good he's actually going to be this season, but at best, he's going to be part of a relatively large committee. I mean, the odds that he goes out there 
and is the featured running back. He's getting targets. He's getting receptions. Like, you know, he's he's the goal line back. He's getting a ton of carries. Like, that's just not going to happen given who they have in the backfield. Now, they bring in Kenyon Drake. They bring in Mike Davis. They have Gus Edwards will be coming off the IR earlier in the season. And it's certainly possible that Gus Edwards coming off a torn ACL, you know, the first year removed from a torn ACL, higher injury risk, and usually people are much less efficient. And it's just like it feels like people are drafting him in a spot where they're assuming he's 100%, assuming there's no risk, and that's wrong in my opinion. Now, I still have him projected for 4.8 yards per carry. That's really good uh, to lead the team in carries by a wide margin. Obviously, that good, and if it like it still puts him 10 running back spots behind ADP, I mean, that's just that's too early a pick, so I'd fade him. Uh, another back I'd fade is Josh Jacobs, who technically I do have ranked at ADP. He's running back 26 off boards, my running back 26, but there's pretty much no world where I'd actually take him there because it's like, it's not only running backs, right? You might be able to get the final elite tight ends. If you haven't gotten, you know, a top three tight end, you probably want the number four or five tight ends. You could be drafting Mahomes, uh, Hertz, Kyler in that range. You could be drafting Michael Thomas, Monroe St. Brown, Rashad Bateman, a bunch of other wide receivers that are really good. So for me to spend that pick on a committee running back with those names around him, I just don't see how that makes any sense. Abdullah, Bolden, they're going to be in the James White role. Zamir White, he's going to steal some early down work. He's going to steal some goal line work. And that leaves Jacobs with a very, very capped ceiling if there's not an injury. And I'm not taking the running back 26 if he needs an injury to do anything. Like, he's probably going to finish in terms of, like, overall production as long as he stays healthy in this general range. He's probably going to be in that, like, running back 23 to 30 range if he plays the whole season. But people never felt really good about starting Jacobs even before when there wasn't, you know, running backs in this new James White role. When they didn't have Zamir White on the team, someone I really think is good talent. Now he gets a clear role reduction, and I just don't see how we could feel comfortable starting him every week. So I can't recommend drafting him either. Third running back, Antonio Gibson. And this even applies for people who are like drafting right now. I feel like everyone right now thinks that after what happened to Brian Robinson, that like Gibson's stock just skyrockets. But I don't really see that being the case. The team was making it abundantly clear. They want Brian Robinson to be the guy. Now, not the guy in the sense of like Christian McCaffrey is the guy like Brian Robinson's not going out there and having a billion targets receptions touchdowns and being you know some running back one that's probably not going to happen unless there's multiple injuries but they want Robinson to be the lead back get more of the carries more of the early down work and definitely more of the goal line work and so when you look at what Gibson's average outcome is going to be in week seven eight nine to close the season even in the fantasy playoffs when you need him the most they're going to have McKissick on third downs. They're going to have Brian Robinson taking goal line work, getting early down work. It just creates a situation where you've got a poor offense. You've got like effectively the second running back with no pass catching role who's playing on like kickoffs and punt returns. Like it's not someone you want. And you think about again, when he's at his peak value, it's early in the season and you're probably not even drafting him to start. I mean, where he goes in drafts, He's kind of like a fringe flex play. And so his most valuable weeks are the weeks where you might not be playing him. Then when you need him the most, fantasy playoffs, end of the season, he's probably going to have his least amount of value. That doesn't make any sense. You don't want to draft a player who's going to decrease in value. Fourth running back that I would fade is actually an entire backfield again. It's the Bills, which 
feels like a mistake anytime you're fading someone on the Buffalo Bills, but it's just because of the cost. They just all go too early, right? I mean, Zach Moss is free, uh, but you know he's the number three in the offense. I don't think anyone's really drafting him, so he's not going too early, but don't draft him. Then you have Cook, who's probably the one I have the most interest in, but he's running back 35 off boards, even giving him 50 receptions in my projections. That's running back 41. So, I mean, unless you think he goes out there and gets like 60, 65 receptions this year, which I guess could happen, but that's a lot to ask, that's overpriced. You look at Singletary and it's like, you know, you guys know I don't I don't like Singletary, but it's just the upside. I mean, where is the upside for Singletary? You know they do not want to use him as they're passing down back. They do not want that to happen. He's very inefficient in that role. They tried to get McKissick in the offseason. They were very upset when that fell apart. They spent a second-round pick on James Cook. Like, they want someone else to fill that passing down role. So that's gone. There's been positive reports about Zach Moss. Now, maybe this is like a Trey Sermon situation where they're like, oh, there's positive reports and he doesn't play. But they seem to be talking him up. He might be in that goal line role. And so it's like, now, what is Singletary even going to do? And we know the Bills offense is not afraid to throw the ball 15, 16 consecutive plays to open up a game. And while the touchdowns could be there, it's a very, very dangerous situation. If you're going to remove the receptions, potentially remove goal line work, remove some early down work. I mean, he's going to go from like late last season, being like a 95% running back, to maybe 50%. And I think the value reduction there, like people aren't really accounting for it. And so he's going too early as well. Final running back we'll go over today before touching on some week one props again is Cordero Patterson. Uh, if you follow the channel, there's no way you drafted Patterson this season. Um, but he's probably going to start the season like fine as a running back. But after the first few weeks, you know, at best, he's going to be a touchdown dependent running back as part of a committee on a terrible team that's 31 years old. And as the season goes on, he's absolutely going to lose snaps to Algier. Like, on what earth are the Falcons scheming looks to Cordero Patterson in weeks 13, 14, 15, 16? He's 31 years old. Again, he's not part of their plans. They're going to have to play their young players, figure out who's going to be on the team next season. Are they rolling with different running backs? Are they rolling with Algier? Like, they got to figure that sort of thing out. And it's not even Patterson. It's like his value comes in the receiving game. But like, why aren't you scheming those looks to Pitts, to Drake London, to maybe some ancillary players that might need to be your third or fourth wide receivers next season? You kind of kind of figure out like it, it doesn't make any sense for late in the year for them to be featuring him. And so when you consider last season was also relatively fluky, his big games were very touchdown driven. He's not a player that you should really expect to be like amongst the league leaders in touchdowns, not scoring, you know, three times on like five touches like it doesn't make any sense to draft him because, yeah, early in the season, maybe he's okay. It'll trickle off towards the end. He's coming off a highly efficient season. It doesn't make sense. Don't buy in to that. So those are five running backs. You probably should not have drafted this season. Uh, but here are some props for underdog in week one. Again, uh, I'm going to be posting a lot of props this season on my website, thefezfootballvice.com. So anyone who has all in can have access to those. But I think it'd be really fun to have something going on the Thursday night game. So if you've not signed up yet for underdog, do so, you know, they're going to match your first deposit up to hundred dollars. If you use promo code FFA, that is a free $100 you can use for these props, but I got a six to one prop for you guys. So let's get into this one. Matthew Stafford, first bet over half an interception. So he's got to throw at least one pick. He threw a pick in 11 of 17 games last season. 
The Bills have an elite defense. And the teams that Stafford did not throw a pick against last season include the Bears, the Lions, the Texans, the Jaguars. Like, he wasn't throwing picks against pathetic defenses. Well, the Bills, even not having White, are a very, very good defense. I'm thinking he throws one in week one. I like the over on that. Also, like the over on Allen Robinson, four and a half receptions, clear number two target, much better than people think. Playing at home, uh, projected game script is that they're going to be trailing. I think he should easily get to five receptions, if not more, over on that. And the final over, Josh Allen, over six and a half rush attempts. He hit that in four of six games last season where the final score was within one touchdown. I know the Rams have a good pass rush, but that's probably just going to force him out of the pocket, cause a few more scrambles. So bet the over on those three. That is a three-bet parlay. If it hits, you're getting 6x whatever bet you placed. So I'll be rolling with that on Thursday night. If you want to tag along, again, promo code FFA. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. That's free money. Take full advantage of that. So that'll do it. For the final off-season video of the year, we've got a great show for you guys tomorrow, so please check that one out. But that, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, how about hitting the like button? And how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.